0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Thanks for joining us for another week of Take Two. You'll notice if you're watching with the video fashion here, Jim Tabaccus looks a lot more charming today. Oh, thank you. Luz Escamilla in for him today. Greg here, use Greg Hughes you're just your usual self here. Yeah,
2: just Citizen Hughes sitting over here.
1: I couldn't spit out your name today. Yeah, I know. So I did nice. I know. It's like
0: I didn't even know you. I already know can you. tell how this
2: show's going to go. It's Not girl well. power. It's you two against me. It's perfect. That's the theme. I already know it's coming. Well, and so the I'm...
0: theme of your suit. I know. Behind. And you're wearing We're Purple. Purple. Is that mm. when we're trying to move the state, Greg? So, red and I love blue, it. I'm,
2: I'm, we're it's trying over. to be more moderate. No, Correct. blues, that would not be the case. Oh, that's that not, would not what not be the case. For, i case. No. I was
0: hoping for that, but that's,
1: that's okay. okay. Well, a girl can always hope, right? Okay, so we've got lots of topics we're going to tackle today. We want to talk about uh, the big day today with uh, the Golden Spike, uh, the Riverton City Council making some waves, the Salt Lake Tribune working to do something that most newspapers don't try to do, <laughs> Utah Tax Code, all kinds of good things to talk about. But before we get to that, if people don't know, Luce,
0: tell us one cool thing about you that people should know. Um, you know what? I because I have teenagers and I have a fourteen-year-old daughter. I follow K-pop, so BTS. Nice. I I'm, she's very engaged with that, and I had to know what they were saying because <laughs> it's in Korean. So I follow Korean pop, and I BTS is a great. You said. don't know what K-pop know is? What k-
1: no. Kim oh. Jong Un loves it, but um, there's, there's it's super catchy yeah, songs. Yeah, BTS, when you listen yes,
0: to Idol, and there's great, and they. They have more followers on Twitter than any other person in the world, and they are seven. This is breaking kids.
2: news for me. do great. I, I don't,
0: you I, don't know who they are. You need to Google. You need yeah. to get up yeah. on your latest BTS, pop culture. And BTS. Then you'll be. You'll set. It's you set. So your fourteen-year-old's your oldest. Uh, we have oldest. I have a sixteen-year-old. And a sixteen-year-old. Yeah and then my stepkids are older too so we awesome. have a, and then toddlers we have a three-year-old and a four-year-old. Wow
1: that's some hands full. Well yes. we're glad you're here today. Thank you. We want to talk about what's been a big deal for days now we're talking about the golden spike we've had awesome train shots coming into the state yes. there's cool things to see and for families to do but there's great meaning to all of this. Greg you were just up there you showed us your yep, dirty look, shoes. My shoes. Yeah, I'm still got, I got
2: the dust on the shoes still. Um, Why is it a big deal? So 150 years uh, a- anniversary of the Intercontinental Railroad being uh, started in the west, started in the east, and meeting here in Utah to be finally completed. Uh, it did. It opened up this nation. Yeah. Uh, its it's uh, ability to, its economy got stronger. The, it, it's a great analogy. You have, um, you have such a strong presence that right now up there, it was traffic to get back too. I had yeah. to leave a little early just to get back here. It is so well attended. There are so many people there, and we have over a hundred uh, people from China, uh, central government, provinces, districts, businesses that are here to celebrate the, the role of the Chinese railroad worker. We have uh, we have the the ambassador from Ireland and, and a, con- a delegation from Ireland. We have it really is all the people that had been involved historically to make that railroad happen. What it meant for this country. But even symbolically, how it's bringing, uh, in China's case, the East and the West together in terms of what's going on in Washington, but what's happening uh, in this celebration on a subnational level, it's a it's an incredibly historic day. I know it's been taped live or uh, broadcast live through Utah Education Network That's to nice. our public schools, yeah. so they could see it. So, so big, big day. Good stuff happening.
0: History and. A great reminder of the immigrants that have brought so much contribution to this country, right? And in this case, those 20,000 Chinese immigrants that were brought here to work with lower salaries than others when that happened. And they were just working so hard. And they proved, like, the American dream is real by coming here and making this happen. And they brought that transportation system that made us have the economy that we have right now. So 150 years of what it took to get us where we are right now and a great reminder as we move forward with other, you know, a global economy now and how we are, um, Utah on the forefront of bringing international business. And I think it's great that it's in Utah. It's great to have all those visitors. um, you know, Greg and I were together in an event last night and it's event after event. <laughs> yes. At more events tonight, and you know, it's just really happy and we're all bringing it our It is a big deal we're and lapel and pins I have not too. been invited Your to th- I, know. Have one. I
1: don't have a golden we spike have lapel pin and I was not invited to any fancy parties, but you were both <laughs> at uh the party with uh the Chinese Many delegation last night. And I think it's interesting to look behind the scenes when these things happen because we're hearing in the national headlines. China versus America and tariffs, but when you go to these parties
0: and you're talking to people face to face, there's good relations, Absolutely. right? I think one is the state of Utah is known for being friendly and we welcome, we, we were talking about our programs with regards to our, you know, our dual immersion programs. where We have mm-hmm. so many children in Utah that are fluent in Chinese. We have teachers from China that come here and teachers from other parts of the world to teach other languages. That's what Utah is about. So it's nice to get away a little bit from the tariff, you know, You know, process and what's happening right now. But we know that that is impacting our entire global economy. I mean, we can't just think that China and the U.S are in some situation that is not going to have an impact to the rest of the world. So, uh, you know, at that time, we were, it was a good opportunity to just be reminded how we can work together and find commonalities when they're there, especially with regards to trade and, and, and just education in this case. Absolutely. Important
1: conversations. Do you want to make a call on what's going to happen with tariffs? We missed Trump's – it was a self-imposed deadline at midnight last mm-hmm. night. They're working into today. Do you think they're going to work something out before I they do. actually roll I, out? I don't think
2: they can afford not to. Look, the United States is not going to contain China, and China is not going to contain the United States. Right. These are two countries with the largest economies in the world. Uh, it, life needs to be a two-way street. Uh, we need to be able to access that that four hundred million in the middle class alone in China and growing. Mm. Uh, they need to access as they have the United States, but when the when you work together and that's what you're seeing on the subnational level and what's refreshing about Utah is it would have been very easy for the Chinese to be negative about this anniversary and say look we don't like how the Chinese railroad worker was treated it's it's a very negative time in history but they haven't what they've actually heralded is the 10 miles of rail that was built in 24 hours which is a record that mm-hmm. I don't think and, will uh, ever be defeated awesome. Yeah. The, the the contribution made is how this railroad project actually came to completion and they are embracing the good narratives the and, and the good contributions. And and this will be the example, and the tariffs and the discussions going on now will come to a successful conclusion because what this is why...
1: Uh, we need each other. Yes, yeah. there
2: you said it, you said it. Very good, let's move
1: on to some other topics. Uh, this one I was reading online last night on KUTV.com, but more than a dozen states have moved to declare pornography a public health crisis. This is something that Utah did a few years ago. I think nationally people were making fun of Utah a little bit, saying, how is this a public health crisis? Why is this happening? But now, a dozen states is a fairly heavy amount of states that are moving towards this. Liz, when you see this, are you thinking, OK, Utah was a leader here, or we're all going astray?
0: No, I think it's, for me, when we talk about pornography, I try to stay away from the adult situation and focus on child pornography, which is a real crisis. And I think for, for us as a state, Utah has been on the forefront of saying, what are we gonna do to stop this? Because from child pornography, you see many other type of really horrendous um, crimes happening and a lot of it is human trafficking and you know child human trafficking and uh, a lot of, of other type of nasty things happening. So I, I say, let's focus on that. I think defining you know, pornography is so difficult. There are other uh, public health crises, but child pornography is an issue that we've done a yeah. lot in the state legislature. When yeah. the speaker was there, we did a lot, and. I think that's what we need to be proud of and focus on that and really tackle that issue that's still a crisis in our state and in our country.
1: We were looking at this issue yesterday because we can't figure out if ICAC has stepped up in making more arrests because they're more aware or if it's a bigger problem in the state. But we've had three cases in the news just this week in the last four days where we were talking about people who look like your average everyday neighbor who were there for child pornography charges. So it is scary. It is an issue. Should other states be calling it a health crisis? Is it that?
2: Yeah, you know, I, uh, I it's, it's a tough topic. Uh, it's yeah. one that, especially as uh, Lou's just articulated, I think we can all agree, um, especially with how pervasive uh, uh, with technology the internet is. Uh, we do have to have our guard up. We do have to make sure that we have a society that is protecting innocence. And I, I just, I think that it is a, a growing concern uh, and it's one we have to pay attention to it's. Um, I, I do think, though, that it's a it's it's a hard topic to even discuss. I think it's, it's one that's uh, not as easy as uh, some others that are out there. But a
1: real issue. Well, we're on really easy topics to talk about. Let's go to abortion right now because that's so easy to talk about. The Riverton City Council put it back in the news this week because they decided to have a vote. It was a resolution. It really had nothing binding with it at all here. But it was a pro-life resolution. There was one city council member who said, I don't want to vote on this. This is wasting our time. It's not something that matters to us. It matters, but maybe not to what city council. Councils can do. You've both worked in government. Luce, is this something that city councils really can step out and say, this is how we feel or how we don't feel, or should they be dealing
0: with tax problems or water issues in their city? Well, I mean, I think when you get elected, you have an opportunity and you have a venue for a message yeah. resolution, a message bill, or message ordinance. And I think in this case, that's what it is. There's, they have no purview over that issue. That's obviously an issue that's been decided by the Supreme Court. Other states are taking action. The state legislature just took, you know, two bills passed this session. So I'm not sure what Riverton City can do. Um, You know, it also depends on their constituency, right? I mean, constituents are the ones that put pressure on elected officials. And someone that's elected, I, I understand that pressure can take you to do and run legislation. I just don't see their Um, non-binding. You know, I hope river it seems like Riverton City's doing really well if that's their priority, when they should be tackling other issues. So I I leave it at that where, you know, it it is outside of their purview, but if that elected official feels that's what they need to do, they'll do it. The legislature
1: team seems to do that a lot too. Sometimes I can see what's voted on, I'm like, do we really need to vote on a new flavor of like specific green lime Jello? Or... Of course but... we do. We need a, we, The
2: state needs an official Jello. It I is. Don't true. What you it these are Jell-O. the weighty matters we tackle. Look, I, I, this is what I love about a democratically elected republic. You represent constituencies. You are either reflecting the sentiment and the values of those that you represent, and those that have sent you there are glad to hear the work that you're doing and the resolutions that you're passing, or. Uh, if you get too far away from the sentiments of, that, of those that you represent, they could ask the question, is this the most critical issue that a city's confronting? Is this what we sent yeah. them to represent us to do? Really, it's up to the voters. Correct. It's up to the people that, that sent them how they ultimately feel about that. And so, you know, every election, usually there's uh, it's contested, there'll be a candidate, and that could be an issue they bring up to say it's a distraction or that uh, the the probably member of council will say, hey, it's a great idea. So let the voters decide
1: no such thing as bad press, right? And we're talking about them. <laughs> uh, another thing that's going on locally right now, the Salt Lake Tribune is doing something that maybe one other newspaper done before. I don't know if it has happened before and whether it'll be successful. That's what we'll wait and see. But the Salt Lake Tribune is working to remain a voice in the market. They're trying to go as a nonprofit. They would, under the guidelines they're working for, become a 501c3. That would also mean they could endorse candidates. A big change. I want to talk a little bit about this because Utah is unique in that we have a newspaper, um, the Deseret News, that well, they try to be a voice that doesn't have sway to it, it is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A lot of people do want another voice, even though the ownership there is another Republican. Uh, Greg, is this something in your mind that's going to work to keep these opposing, not even opposing, but these journalistic voices here in the <laughs> yeah, market? No, not at
2: all. If we don't have the room, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and we had two papers. We had an afternoon paper and a morning paper, and there's only one paper there now, and um, The market kind of decided that. I know what you're saying about the ownership there, but if you look at the shifting demographics of the state of Utah, uh, to me as a a capitalist, there seems to be a fertile ground for uh, a newspaper uh, that is not maybe owned by the predominant faith of the the state. Look, you've got other newspapers that I see that are small that struggle. Why would we uh, have more sympathy or or tag one as a community asset versus maybe the City Weekly or some other publication? I, I think it's a stretch. I think it's a way to make payroll. I don't think it's a nonprofit. I, it, it begs the question: What do you do about classifieds? What do you do about advertising? What are you going to give all of that for free because it's now a nonprofit? Uh, I, I just I find it odd, and I think that we have other papers and other circulations in the state. I don't know why one would, you would put above another, and if there isn't room for two, then I think that. Uh, that the readership of the of the papers would ultimately decide which one stays
1: so you say that you would rather let it die with the free market than prop it up with a 501c3. I I wouldn't
2: assume that it would die I would say that the paper that can gather the most eyes and the most interest and has the the best uh, approach to do that is going to be the one that carries the day and I don't think that the ownership is the driving uh, motivation yeah. for why people read what they read, if they even read anymore. Do you read the paper? I I don't hold a paper. I don't read a paper No, anymore. I read it on my phone oh for on. sure, and sure. that's
1: part of the debate of how long they can keep printing. I just
2: read KUTV. I, that I don't is know an absolutely I, awesome, awesome
1: answer. Anything that's right. else left? How is important it? is it, though, to keep the second voice? Do you think it's something that really needs no, to I be fought I for? I
0: think you want more voices. A concern I have, and maybe this is more my... With my education, my master's in public administration, having an emphasis on nonprofits, I'm trying to figure out how they get away with the 501 c 3 the status, because you are supposed to stay out completely of politics. You can only do 10%. I mean, there are, like, formulas for the IRS to give you that 501 c 3 We just had a big bill coming in this last legislative session about who defines, for purposes of property taxes, for example, Uh. the 501 c 3 status. We don't necessarily have to take the IRS definition. So who makes that, you know, that's distinguished? And this this is a big company. I mean, it's a big organization. Moving yeah. them to nonprofit, I'm just wondering logistically, how does that look like? If legally are within the framework, I mean, if they're going to be doing editorial board, I mean, how do they get away from being in a political sound conversation, sure. and getting staying out? to have a C three status. But they have to cover local politics because that's what local journalism Correct. So I, is. Correct. I is mean, best how is are they, accountability, I, yeah. I just don't see how it works. I mean, I'm trying just the logistics, as, but I, I I think there needs to be more and, voices, yeah, and, but it's, it's concerning to me. It's like, how are you gonna do this without invi- being in violation of actually yeah, uh, and, and that no, law. That's
2: such a great point because what you're trying to avoid is the partisan nature of, of, of politics Absolutely. if you're a nonprofit, but I think what we're, we're struggling with with journalism overall is I think there's editorializing that's happening uh, between an MSNBC and a Fox News in the in the news category, not in the commentary part of politics. And so you're seeing that more and more where people are starting to maybe move to news sources that, that seem to be resonating from their political perspective. You want to
1: hear people who agree with you all the time. Yeah, and
2: I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm saying we're struggling with that. How do you get a nonprofit that, that evenly... Uh, balances that and does not become political or would be accused of having an editorial tone in their approach to news reporting. I think that's getting harder to to identify generally. Then you're going to make it a non-profit? I don't know.
1: It is a difficult question, and one of the things we're looking at here when we're talking about whether or not this can work is we really do have a shift. You're talking about when was the last time you held the newspaper in your hands or you held the newspaper in your hands? we change the way we look at news sometimes we see them in hundred forty characters or 280 on Twitter now or what we get on Facebook and so we're all consuming news differently and I know TV stations have struggled radio stations have struggled one of the biggest uh, radio stations in New York City is shutting down at the end of this month newspapers are shutting down because we all just consume information differently now so it'll be interesting to see how this all ends
2: and some of those mediums are the same so the yeah. way that this newsroom yeah. I mean why would this not be a nonprofit? I mean you're pushing information, news, you have journalists yeah. that are out there that are reporting what's happening in this state, uh, to what What would be different about yeah. that? And so I, I just think it's, I, I don't get it. I just Can fundamentally don't I get it. I it. think
0: it's a tricky place, and I, I'm sure they have legal counsel checking on this. I'm just really from a pra- practitioner place. I'm like, how how do you make this a 5 c 3 2 f- meet those criteria of the IRS for definition purposes. That will be
1: interesting to see how that happens. Uh, While we're talking money and dollars and how this all works, let's talk a little bit about Utah's tax code. The governor, uh, whether he pushed hard enough or they didn't have enough time in this last legislative session, did not get tax code passed. But the governor wants to see sweeping change. Do you think this is something the legislature can tackle quickly, or is this something that you look at that's going to take
0: 10 years to shift the burden, I guess? I don't know about 10 years. I think something needs to happen. So, I, I mean, I think we all agree in the legislature that we we have this up and down on our, on our general fund based on the sales tax which is, you know, our income tax 100% goes to education per the Constitution. So that's that's not changing unless we change the Constitution. And that's been steadily growing since the recession, moving us out of recession. But then you have this other part, which is a big portion of our budget, and that's up and down because our the way we consume, so the way we, we purchase things, yeah. the way we do consumption is not the same from 1930, which we haven't done a massive tax reform. My concern is timing. Um, how open you are on having those hearings where people can participate because this will be a big shift, but it needs to happen. So, like, the, the thing is, I don't know that we want to keep just pushing it aside, or maybe, you know, the, I was just ta- talking to him. He's like, Oh, you're not there anymore. I'm sure you're so missing that conversation. I'm so sad I'm missing this Yeah. Day so, day. it has to, something needs to happen. Um, there is a task force that's been already put in place. So, they're going to start having their meetings. They're going to go across the state, and, you know, this, this has happened before in other issues, and you know that will take us to potentially they want to do a special session. I'm not sure that they'll be ready, but it's a big bill. I mean, the one we were presented with was 480 pages. It's a big reform, and that's just only tackling sales tax. It's not dealing with anything else. I read, um, and I don't know if it was an op-ed or article
1: um, about this new um, tax team here. There's ten people, oh, yeah. only one, one woman, woman on the team, and that's
0: Karen Maine, by the way, our minority leader. Senator right? Maine. Yes. I,
1: I don't know if we're trying to redo the state and we're thinking differently than 1930. <laughs> <laughs> do we need more than one woman? Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. And I'm we not even women. going there, given the makeup oh, of oh, this oh, panel oh, right what now. What, what are you, are you saying? No, do we not, need am more silent. women? Yeah, you? you're not getting me to answer that. You're, you're no, looking at the up seriously, do we here. need
1: more? I mean, do you just look and see who's the best at these topics, and it just happened to be the best and brightest in the state? Happened to be nine men and one woman, or do we really need <laughs> look, to find some more women? Do you really want me to answer this? have credit
2: cards too. We brains. Yes. <laughs> the day we look, I don't. I'm not a big fan of identity politics. We we will be. Uh, we we will not have these categories or worry about who we're forgetting when we don't see them anymore, when we don't talk about how many, when there's not a quote of how many women versus how many men, when, it's, when it is the best and the brightest, regardless of race, color, creed, gender, we just get people in a room and we quit trying to say we have to leave someone off because we haven't picked a certain category. I mean, we're not there, obviously, with you two, especially with throwing this at me. I would but not, I'm just telling you. I'll tell you this.
0: Women consume more than men. True. They actually true. are leading in the consumption of home. I mean, when it comes to home and yeah. making those decisions, you're talking about sales tax. I will have more women there to get us a different perspective. I think it's, and in, in this, by the way, are calls by our, our leadership, the Senate president and the Speaker of the House, and they are the ones that assign who serves on those committees. So it is up to the two gentlemen that, you know, and. And I think in in the case of the Senate, it's hard for me to talk about the House because I am not We're very familiar so, with so awesome. them. There's so <laughs> many of them. But in the Senate, you know, we have um, you know senators that are I think are qualified with from both men and women. And but I think the mix would have been very helpful, and the conversation would have changed. I think conversations do change when you talk when you have people with different perspectives and they come together and they try to find a a, a, a consensus, and it may not be. Just based on gender, there's yeah, other that's factors. Right. And like, I, that have you ever hit with. anything from in your
1: trunk of your car from your wife, so you could say it's not new? And like, oh no, <laughs> I I I've had this I, for weeks. I, I, I'm not going to say
0: You've that. never
2: I, done that. Not, I, I know like this is just thing. between us, so <laughs> I can say that. I, yeah, no, I, I might have some suits or something that might just find their way into my closet, <laughs> <laughs> Un- unannounced, it maybe. From his maybe. recent China trip. But, <laughs> no, but I, I'll tell you this: that task force has obviously a very heavy lift and a hard job to do, and. I will tell you beyond its makeup in terms of gender, um, the process, a lot of people talk about process. A lot of people hate what they're seeing. Yeah. They want process to be prolonged. You're walking into, especially in the House of where every other year you're in a re-election yeah. or an election. Yeah. Um, you get closer to that election year, as sad as it may be, I, I, hats off to the legislature for not kicking the can down the road or just Another saying one let one the status yeah. quo reign because it's too hard to tackle. They, they're trying to. But you get up against that that election season, different variables take over yeah. and they might not be strictly related to our tax base or how people spend disposable income, Yeah, uh, you, you'll get away from that. And so I think that there's that timing pressure as well. Yeah. Uh, And so it's hard. I I, honestly, I I don't know. You
0: don't miss it. I don't (laughs) miss it. It was a great way to
2: cut (laughs) the apron strings when (laughs) I left there after sixteen years. So
1: yeah, I think there's tough talks to be had. I didn't go to the meeting, but I was reading tweets uh, from when Governor Herbert and I believe the Lieutenant Governor were meeting with the Eagle Forum this week, trying to discuss these changes. And I don't know that the talk went over that well, from at least what I was reading. No,
2: I've I've heard that it was uh, it was contentious. Yes, Uh,
0: contentious is a polite word. (laughs) They were sweating it over there.
1: Yeah, so big changes. (laughs) And speaking of sweating. Last topic before we go. The Mueller report just will not die and it keeps being an issue. (laughs) Luz, I want to ask you about the Mueller report. Not really about the Mueller report, but maybe the domino effect that comes with it. Democrats are always trying to gain strength in the state. When you look at the upcoming 2020 elections, does drawing this out, whether we're looking for answers or not that are important for our country, does this hurt Democrats or does it help you in trying to find a voice in this upcoming election? You know,
0: I think it's it's going to help because the moment for what it does, it gives you, it's giving you a story. And if, you know, I haven't had a chance to read the report, but I've seen some experts. What? You
1: haven't read all 468 pages? But I know
0: people have done it, yes. right? And a lot of people in media have yeah. done this, obviously, as part of their job. And what it's been interesting is they say it's just like reading a story of what happened, right? And. And you realize that we are very, very fragile as a country when it comes to apparently having other foreign countries intervene. And I think that should be like the top priority. It's like, yeah, the red what flag. happened? The red flag. Yeah. And is this happening in twenty? Is, you know, happened in 2018, 2016, And are we okay with that? So I mean, I think from this whole conversation. It reflects on your government, and right, and what are they doing to protect the integrity of our of our voter, you know, voting system, and and what we have in place. So, I think it will help Democrats because it's what was happening, how it was handled, and um, and the fact that we want transparency. I, I think at the end of the day, I don't know that we want to get into the how polarized it's so sad to see how our is so polarized, but most people want answers. They want transparency, and they want to know if, if their if their vote is being protected. And I don't know that we can say that right now. I mean, there are some questions about that the integrity right now because yeah. apparently everyone can come here and have influence based on the way we use social media, talking about media, right? Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's just that's part of the interesting part of that report as well. You know, changing world it, for sure. The,
2: if you look at that, the, the, the tough part for me watching this all unfold if it was the Russians' goal to create, uh, goal to create discord, to create it's working. And, and who are some of its greatest agents in creating the chaos? I think it's the very people that are critical yeah. of the of the foreign governments' interference. I mean, there's a lot of flame throwing going on. It, it, for me, I think the Democrats have to be very careful about the Muller report and how long they want to make it fodder for potential impeachment or other things because you're not, you shouldn't get grand jury. Uh, unredacted, I think that would be something that we've never done before. I think there's not been oversight committees that have ever had that kind of information, and I think that, they're, they're, that the attorney general's on solid ground redacting that from the yeah. from the public. But there's another concept here. When we were talking about the Gulf War, there were a lot of uh, Democrats and there were a lot of people saying, "Do we really t- trust the intelligence community and the weapons of mass destruction? And is the intelligence community really?" Uh, Can we really go to war based on that alone? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, when you have an investigation going on on a presidential candidate, when you have some of the discussions on what was the basis of warrants to uh, monitor uh, members of campaigns, of an opposing campaign, uh, I don't know that that's going to serve the Democrats well, but it really does beg the question about how much do you want to give our intelligence uh, community uh, latitude to go after candidates, Uh, Without checks, uh, to if if the people duly elect, do do we want that? Do we do we want to give an agency that doesn't have elected representatives within it, um, Carte Blanche to 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 what to what end? So
1: we've got tough questions. So yeah, so it's tough. So
2: what I'm saying is that we've had uh, people left side of the aisle that criticized the intelligence community when we were talking about uh, Iraq. Uh, we have people that are criticizing the intelligence community that are right of center now when it has to do with uh, the 2016 election. I honestly think that we got to be very, very careful about these elections. We have to put those safeguards on. I think, Luz, you're absolutely right. There are lessons to be learned here. But the discord and the undermining of the confidence of the people in who they've elected is kind of the goal that it was being pursued. We've got to guard against that. And I think we've got a lot of those fears uh, being uh, brewed up right now. I I think it would serve the country best if we were to move on. But if it stays a topic, I don't think it serves necessarily Democrats really well by themselves. I think it, it just causes more yep. more questions and concerns. It'll
1: be interesting to see what happens. But if Russia's goal was to make us eat each other alive, so far,
2: <laughs> so good for yeah, them. Yeah, they're doing a good job.
1: But I'm glad we haven't eaten each other alive. and no, That's no, always no, a no, good, good thing. Right. So we're heading into the weekend on a happy note here. More parties to come tonight, you said, for the spike? Correct. Yeah,
0: yes. there's Ooh. a couple of, um, I think, Couple of things happening at the Capitol and, and the. There's um, a great
2: exhibit. Let's just tell the public there's a great exhibit uh, uh, about the, the history of, of uh, the. The Golden Spike and the, open and the trans- to anyone. Yes, open and, to the public. Yes, yeah. and there's actually a document, original document signed by Abraham yes. Lincoln that also is on site, and I think our kids display. need to see that yeah. on display. so At uh, the state think, capital
0: in the rotunda. Yes. So, oh, yeah. very cool. Golden. So it's
2: uh, it will be there for some time. We need to make sure we all get our families and, and enjoy it. But I, it's uh, the unveiling of it is
0: time. And you know the fun part is seeing all those kids coming. Yes. Just to see it's a it's a short exhibit, and it, you know it's very. I mean it's in the, in the gold room of the state capitol mm-hmm. and. They put a lot of protection because they're very old documents, and they have to protect from the lighting and everything. And the kids are excited. And yes. we, I was there the last, couple, you know, this last week in a couple of meetings, and just groups of kids of all parts of the state coming together. That's very, that's kind of like the best part of yes. seeing just the children also embracing this, having it be, you know, on TV and having all them watching it. I mean, this is history in the making, and they need to remember how it was not that long ago. I mean, 150 years. It's not that long ago, and here's, look at what we've done. Sure, it's it not amazing. that long ago, but do you know
1: where we've come? We've stopped wearing corsets, but I love oh, that. <laughs> well, I would like to go, but we've switched to Spanx. Women yeah, that's right so. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no no more Spanx. More Spanx. <laughs> See where this is
2: all going? I'm left out again. It's just spanks. So I, yeah. I don't know what to do. Here's spanking. the thing. I, I won't say who, but there are lawmakers that remember as, as children the 100-year anniversary, and they are in a position where they are helping put on the 150-year. We know that there are youth, children, students – who are experiencing this right now, yeah. that in the 200-year anniversary will be, here, we'll be future leaders and people that yeah, will want excited. to uh, commemorate that this uh, grand achievement for the next one. So, so it's, yeah, it's it very is pretty nice. cool. A
1: fun day. Well, I'm disappointed that neither of you are playing dress-ups today, but no. we'll take you as you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so a much. For, there. There. A lot of top hats out there. A lot of top hats, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little sweaty. At least it's May. Well, thank you so much for all of you. Join us this week, Lusa. Thanks so much thank for you. making time for us. You can always subscribe on your favorite podcast link, and we'll see you again next week.
2: Sign up.